Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hey, everyone. It's good old buddy Tony Schiavone. You know, we've had so much fun bringing you what happened when each and every week. And this could not be done without your love, your support, your love of wrestling, and your constant feedback. It means the world to me, to my buddy Conrad Thompson, to Lois, and the entire staff at WHW. Heck, it means everything to the family. And I want to let you know that we are here for you in so many ways that you don't even realize. And that's why we've come up with SaveK.com. The very best way for you to save on your mortgage, reduce your monthly payments, get out of debt faster, and even put money back in your pocket. It's simple and easy. Just go to our website at SaveK.com, fill out the form. There's no obligation, and you may not even need an appraisal. Start saving immediately with SaveK.com and the great people at First Family Mortgage. Lower your monthly payments. Possibly skip your next two house payments. Thanks again from all of us at WHW. Today, right today, log on to SaveK.com and put your butt in a seat that will help save you money. MNLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When? Whatever day it is. Tony Schiavone, what's going on, man? How are you? Well, if you're on Patreon, everybody, it's on Monday, of course. If you are on, of course, uh, MLW Radio or uh, with our regular podcast, we drop every Wednesday now. So that's what fucking day it is. It's whatever day you want it to be. Right? I'm not mad at it. I'll tell you what, though. I'm... uh, 
I'm upside down and inside out. And we're about to show all you folks what it's all about. We're covering Jim Crockett promotions from June of 1987. This has been a Crockett filled month, man. We got started off with the good stuff. 1986. We fast forwarded a couple of years to 1988 last week. Eh, not so good. But we're easing back into some good stuff here, man. 87, Jim Crockett Promotions. It was on and popping, was it not? It was on and popping. You know, I, I watched it uh, doing our prep. A lot of good things about it. But there's something about it that I don't like. And uh, that is we uh, decided to come up with a brand new open of the show uh, back then that I had forgotten uh, with new music and uh, just, uh, you know, uh, uh, it was it was, it was was a, a well-produced open. But, man... The, uh, the the wrestling fan in me remembers that old music that, I, you know, we did a little song to a couple of weeks back. And this time in 87, apparently we were moving forward with the Wrestling Network and changed things around. So I was disappointed in that, although it's this is only a, this is a short show because, you know, we only had an hour that night. But it was a show filled with a lot of shit, man. A lot of shit. A ton. And I was really happy when I picked it because I, I saw how stacked it was. But it is a little bittersweet because this in turn is going to be one of our shortest episodes in a while, simply because the topic we're covering uh, is only 40 something minutes. So we're going to filibuster and stretch it out. And of course, we've got some questions for you on Facebook and we want to encourage you to join us on social media. Uh, Of course, you can get tons of interaction on Patreon. We'll hard sell you on that here in a little bit, but first I do want to tell you that facebook.com forward slash WHW Monday, you could have asked a question for this episode. Had you went over and liked us, you would have seen all the fun little screen grabs pop up and your opportunity to ask questions. You can do that same thing on Twitter at WHW Monday. Of course, it is still a Monday show. If you're on Patreon and you can join us there, you know what the handle is. Patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. Hopefully by now you're seeing a pattern Uh, as well as uh, I feel like we should mention here before we get rolling, we've had our top two levels on Patreon completely sell out. And one of those top levels is a bonus show. And one of the perks of being a low key big hog is you get to pick what the bonus show is. So next week we're going to crank out a bonus show and we're going to be joined by a listener who's going to explain exactly what he picked and why he picked it, which will be pretty fun. And then he'll step out and then Tony and I will take it from there and we're not giving any directives. So it could be current or old or a different promotion. So we'll see how this goes. Join the fun. Patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. You don't have to be a low key big hog to get the bonus shows. You can get those bonus shows for as little as $7 a month. So join us over there and check out what we've got coming your way. Tony, I feel like before we get going here, we do need to go ahead and tell everybody that if they're sort of uh, like you were about to be here in 87, you're going to feel like, you know, man, we're on shaky ground. Business is starting to uh, take down a little bit. Maybe I need to update the resume. Well, I think everybody agrees a business is only as strong as its people and every hire matters. So we don't want you to settle for posting and hoping the right person will find your role and apply. I mean, if you do that in the late 80s, you're going to get stuck with a Tony Schiavone. And what you really want is a JR. And JR would only be found on LinkedIn. You see, LinkedIn is the world's largest professional network. It's also a better way to find great talent. Think about it. 
How often do you check job boards? Now, if you're Tony Schiavone, probably fairly often because he has 47 jobs. But for most people, it's a fairly occasional thing. But there is a place where people go daily to grow professionally. Of course, we're talking about LinkedIn. You see, 70% of our workforce here in the United States is already on LinkedIn, and 22 million professionals view and apply on jobs for LinkedIn every single week. And that happens across all industries. Just ask the hundreds of thousands of businesses who've already posted to LinkedIn jobs over the past year. They rate LinkedIn jobs 40% higher than job boards at delivering quality candidates. And because LinkedIn considers skills, experiences, location, and more to match and promote your job, you're going to get the very best potential candidates. If you're not using LinkedIn for your hiring needs, you're missing out. Isn't that right, Tony? Yeah, you are missing out. As a matter of fact, we've got a deal for you to go to linkedin.com slash what happened when, and you can get a $50 credit toward your first job post. Again, that's linkedin.com slash what happened when for your $50 credit today. And don't forget, Conrad, as always, terms and conditions apply. I'm really excited about the terms and conditions we're about to apply here for NWA World Championship Wrestling from June 13th, 1987. We just passed the 30-year anniversary of this show. It's loaded, man. Dusty Rhodes, Tully Blanchard, the Four Horsemen, Jimmy Garvin, and more. Hopefully, you can find it on your WWE Network, and hopefully, it's about that time. Do you want to give us the countdown here, Tony, or do we want to bring in a little tag team partner help? We'll bring in a little tag team partner. She gave me a little grief about last week's fact that she could not she could not remember how to count down in French. You know, she studied French in school. Well, she never did kiss French. She and, never did give me a tongue. In uh, fairness, she did a lot of other things in school she doesn't do now either. You're not kidding, especially when she went to college. Uh, and uh, so she wants she wants to, uh, a reprieval here. Or, uh, she wants to, uh, I don't know what the word is. She wants to make up for it. So let's go to Lois. Lois, go ahead. Okay, I'm going to do it in German. Ready? Eins, zwei, drei, hit spiel. We do a little effect in. This was the Wayne Daniel effect coming in. Now, uh, I call it the Wayne Daniel effect because that, that always that, that kind of slide in with the frame sliding in was what Wayne Daniel loved. And this, uh, Conrad, at the beginning of the show is an example of why you should post-produce your shows. We never posted our shows. We did it live to tape. And they just rolled in this Greensboro Coliseum, and they're doing fan shot. And when I sit down and I saw this, I'm thinking, boy, that's just a little bit too long. But here comes Tully, and here comes the vivacious Dark Journey. Boy, she looked great. And you see we had some Four Horsemen fans uh, even back then. Yeah, one of those slapdicks wrote a book. Yeah, the guy with the hat. That's right. What, what was his name? Hitchcock. Hitchcock, yeah, he was a pretty good guy. Always talked to him. And uh, so here we are, the Greensboro Coliseum. I was there that night doing the commentary on this Dusty Rhodes-Tully Blanchard match. And, of course, this match was for the television title and was also for the sack of money that Dusty had put up. Uh, and uh, in addition... Wait, hang on. Uh, J.J. Was- Dillon's in the ring, and you said sack of money or sack of nuts? <laughs> Just I said sack of money. Okay. But okay. I know what... I know what most people are thinking about. Uh, in addition, this was Magnum T.A.'s first return to the Greensboro Coliseum since his tragic car wreck. So this was a big night for many reasons. Dusty coming in wearing the, the New York Yankee jacket. Magnum T.A. In, uh, coming in behind him as well. Dusty with that sack of money. J.J. with the minnow bucket full of, of nuts. 
And here comes Magnum T.A. This is really a sad scene. If you think about what had just happened to Magnum T.A. It is impressive, though. You know, so many people thought Magnum wasn't going to make it, like wasn't going to survive. And now, not only is he back, he's back here in Crockett's biggest arena and he's walking in, albeit with a little bit of help, but still he's walking in and almost with like a cartoonish bag of money. It might as well have said fucking Acme on the side, but it worked <laughs> at the time. And I know you didn't like this opening, but I didn't hate it. Well, new music and everything, WCW, World Championship Wrestling, Saturday edition. Take a look at the hair of the guy on your left. Is that not one of the great mullets of all time? I mean, right now, it looks like you could be related to Master Splinter. <laughs> oh, commentary ninja. Oh, y'all. Oh, that's right, David Crockett. We are going to bring in Ronnie Garvin to begin our show. Ronnie, come on in here with all those blade jobs on your forehead. How does it look? Well, I've been doing enough blade jobs, Tony Schiavone, I tink. But I just want to say that this whole show is about one thing. And I think I know what it's about. It's about Dusty Rhodes. So I'm going to talk about Dusty. Dusty instructed all of us backstage just to talk about him and Dusty the Booker. So I think I'm just going to talk about Dusty. And yes, you can see over my left eye that I have a couple of ridges. I'm old school. I did the blade job. And uh, where do you think I got these sunglasses from? You think these are the 7-Eleven specials or do you think it was something else? But uh, I'm just going to say I'm still a cool motherfucker. Later on this year, I'm going to surprise the world by winning the World Heavyweight Championship. And you think business is down now, just you wait until the later part of this year when Ronnie Garvin wins the strap. That's right. And check out my hair. I'm about 60-year-olds here, and my hair looks like I'm 30. Speaking of hair, take a look at my hair as we go to the ring. Let me just say, by the way, you talk about drawing money. Kendall William literally drew money. <laughs> yeah. If he didn't, yeah, he, he drew uh, faces on money, as a matter of fact, didn't he? It's, it's pretty amazing that, uh, you know, that story is really not talked about that often. You know, I mean, people talk about Barry Windham as being, you know, one of the all-time greats. And, and yet, you know, here's the other Windham who maybe one of the, I would say all-time great counterfeiters. But I guess you can call him that since he went to uh, the Crossbar Hotel over that deal. Yeah, but the, I guess the all-time great counterfeiters are still out there. Uh, but but Kendall, you know, I, and I didn't notice this, and I and I know as he got older, he's going to bulldog him under the corner. Uh, By the he way, was pretty, he was pretty skinny here, wasn't he? He's T-tiny. That's the first thing I noticed as compared to yeah. Barry. I mean, this is like Barry off the gas, and Barry was never on the gas. It is funny, though, again, and we talk about this all the time. Kendall William, Kendall Wyndham, of course, is a star here for you guys and trying to be a bigger star. And you're trying to give him a push and TV time. And, you know, right here, he's looked at as this rookie who could be a big deal. Teddy Long, the guy who gets the nod for the Hall of Fame. Let me tell you something, baby. We're out here with Robert Gibson. All right. Now, listen, I brought my tag team partner. I ain't talking about old Robert. I'm talking about old one eye. You hear me? Because that's about the same. All I got to do is stand over there, grab that tag rope, and then I tag him in. And whoo. Then the girls go wild. Do you hear me, baby? Now, you take a look at this title right here. Now, I know when you see this, you're thinking, well, this belongs with the Road Warriors. No, it fucking don't. They're getting out of here. They're going to make the big bucks up north, but not me. Ah, I don't want no action figures. I don't want no cartoons. I don't want to be on lunchboxes. You know what I'm here for, baby? I'm here for training bras, all right? Now, I done found me about 14 of them shits. I'm going to go find me some more. And he's here for pussy as well. With that in mind, we'll take a break and back with more. <laughs> what is wrong with us man i tell you what i i could not 
put them over enough. The Rock and Roll Express may be one of my favorite tag teams ever. Now, check this shit out. Yeah. Could this have been more awkward? This is our Great American Bash. This is where we're going to have the first big announcement. Jimmy, look at look at the camera, please, for God's sake. Anyway, we're talking about the Great American Bash here, and we're going to talk about July 4th and the very first War Games, the match beyond. And Jimmy is going to kind of stumble over the rules here. But if we think about it, this was kind of uh, heading into uh, a memorable event, really. Right? I mean, War Games from, from this moment on kind of became a big deal. Well, that's right. You know, we're happy to be here, of course. And I'm out here promoting a legendary match, or at least one that they tell me is going to be legendary. I don't know exactly what it means, but I know my last Diners Club bill was indeed legendary. Let me just tell you, Dusty Rhodes is out of fucking control. Now, he tells me that in order to make this shit happen, we had to have a second plane. And I did my eyes like this right here. A second plane? What the fuck are we need a second plane for? And he said, well, in case the first one's in the shop. And then my brother said, just put it on my diner's club. Well, I'll be goddamned. Now Dusty wants both of them filled with gas. He's even put his name on the tail. Now, here's the weird thing about it. I got that some bitch on a lease, and he's making changes to it, painting it, and now he's telling me we got to build the match beyond. Beyond what? Beyond the credit limit of my brother's diner's card. We have got to get this fucking spending under control, or I've got to talk somebody into taking the shit. I was in the ice cream business before this, and I was in the minor league baseball business, but now I'm match beyond my credit limit. That's the match beyond. Yeah, not only that, uh, you moved to Dallas, you dumb son of a bitch. Well, I did because I want to be J.R. Ewing, all right? Who shot J.R.? I don't know. Who shot my Donner's Club card? Dusty Rhodes. And who shot the NWA? We did. Take a look here at the match beyond. They're building a steel cage. You know what was funny about this is that it looked pretty cool, and this was a pretty cool-looking uh, little uh, This promo looks like cord. something the WWF would do. This is yeah. so well-produced, but it's not the fucking War Games cage. No, it's not. It should have been, but it's not. How is that even possible that you spend all this money either shooting this or licensing it, probably shooting it, and it's not even the same fucking cage? <laughs> I can't explain that. I can just explain there was a lot of silly things that went on back there. And, of course, as you can see, the Great American Bash, live from the Omni in Atlanta, Saturday, July 4th, the first ever War Games, the match beyond. Here's what was interesting to me is they thought, and I love the sound effect, too, the War Games. I love that they felt like they had to explain these fucking rules so hard. By the way, how how cool is is old Pop Pop here? Yes, there, baby. I just got to say that in October, woo, I'm not going to have this belt, but I may get naked. I may get naked during a wedding reception. What do you think about that, Conrad Thompson? Woo, walk me through the stands. Set me up with a Conradison, and I'll show everybody what's left of the baby's arm. Woo, which is my question here, Conrad. It's going to be a, a quite a momentous occasion. I don't want to spoil it for you right now, but suppose pop pop wants to show everybody what do you do well i don't think you'll be able to if i'm honest <laughs> okay he doesn't have it anymore it's well you said what's left of it almost implying okay. that someone has nibbled away at it like cheese or something <laughs> there were plenty of people that nibbled on it <laughs> i know that <laughs> oh my god uh, hey how about right. that it was just promoting 
that Ric Flair was coming to an arena near you. Clearly, yeah. that is in response to the phenomenal success of WrestleMania 3, because in all the trade magazines, they had taken out a two-page spread at Titan, and it showed the sold-out crowd and Hulk Hogan standing in front of it, and they were trying to entice building promoters and area promoters throughout the country. Bring us, because we know how to sell tickets. We are a draw. And I think it's interesting that they use a minute of their TV time here to put over the, hey, Ric Flair's a big fucking draw too, and he's coming to an arena near you. It feels like um, a counter-programming strategy because that magazine spread would have come out around this same time, of course, because WrestleMania had happened just a couple of months prior to this. Yeah, it also kind of feels like that uh, house show business was down a little bit, and they wanted to do Mm -hmm. something to promote a little bit more, you know. Uh, there's Magnum TA, and, and this is from the Greensboro Coliseum, uh, and this became a big angle in 1987. Let me ask you this. I, How weird is it that the fir- the front row is 40 feet from the ring? Yeah. Doesn't it, that feel it's, weird now? It, it's it's very, very weird, and, and I, uh, I, I'm trying to wonder why they did it that way. I mean, it's not like they were going to set up a scaffold that day or it would already be there. It's not like they were going to set up a cage or it would already be there. Yeah, I I have no idea because it wasn't that long ago uh, when the ringside area was much, much closer. Sure. And and I'm I don't know who came. I don't know who decided to make that. Whoa. How about that? Take that cane. Uh, And uh, let me ask you this. Obviously, it's wrestling. So everything is poor taste. But do you think it's a little poor taste to put Magnum out there in a diminished capacity and make it part of a storyline? Or is it good business? I mean, obviously, it's something we got really accustomed to. But here in 87, did you feel like, oh, I don't know if we should be doing this? Yeah, I'm telling you, there was a lot of people that thought that way in the front office, too, Conrad. A lot of people that questioned using Magnum TA here. A lot of the boys question it. Of course, as you know, Dusty being the booker, Dusty had plenty of heat. And he had plenty of heat with the guy who he's twisting the leg on right now, Tully Blanchard as well. A lot of people thought that bringing Magnum out with Dusty was really the wrong thing to do. And uh, so. Now, here's the thing, too. And I know that Dusty gets criticized a lot for some of his booking decisions. But realistically, and by the way, you're missing some classic stuff here. In the ring right now, if you're not watching, and you should be, Tully Blanchard, Dusty Rhodes, Magnum TA. No. Tully Blanchard, uh, Dusty Rhodes, Tommy Young, with Magnum TA on the outside and Dark Journey on the outside, and of course, J.J. Dillon. Uh, But really classic stuff here. Magnum TA with the slap here on Tully, and before Tully can respond, Dusty's back in there. What I was going to say a minute ago is, you know, we saw all the stuff from 86 a couple of weeks ago. Dusty and Magnum had been running together, and, and he had been positioned to be Magnum's sort of big brother. So it makes total sense to me that he would be here, but I understand why there would be heat that, you know, why does it have to be Dusty? But in storyline, doesn't that make sense? It made plenty of sense. Dusty and Magnum were a tag team, and there goes JJ waddling over. Uh, and kick. You know what I just thought about? I, I you said Dusty on the floor here with the uh, figure four on Tully. Uh, and of course, you know, obviously we all know Rick very well. Did Dusty, and I don't know the answer to this, did Dusty get some heat for using a figure four? I mean, it was Ric Flair's move, right? Right. It was his finish. So I don't know. And, you know, I, I just, I don't know. 
if it was or not. He had the figure four on. Well, also, let me, let's tell the truth. You know, you know, Rick was pissed about it. In this era, it was a love-hate relationship with Dusty and Rick. Yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. Also, I want to I want to draw your attention to at ringside, the far side, the trio you see. Yep. On the on the left is Wally Dusick. Uh, the famous Dusick brothers, old time wrestler. He had cauliflower ears. Trucking Tom Miller in the middle, and then me on the other side, calling the commentary that night for that match. And uh, you know, uh, I, I, I watched this match again, and after I called it, and of course, you know, I was always a, a big Dusty guy. You know, he was very, very. There's a Tully Blanchard figure four. He was very instrumental in my career. And, and I thought, as this match went along, that, that Dusty did a hell of a job selling a lot of stuff. And I think his – a lot of times he got a lot of uh, criticism as not that great of a worker. I thought he worked a very good match here. I think anybody who says Dusty wasn't a great worker doesn't just, – just doesn't get Dusty. You know, some yeah. people don't get The Rock, you know, as silly as that sounds. Like, oh, you know, that cartoonish people's elbow and some of his promos and – it's like either you get it or you don't. And I always got Dusty, and I'm a huge Dusty Mark, and I thought he got the crowd into this. I mean, I enjoyed this match. You know, it's yeah. not a match that people talk about a, a whole, whole lot, but what a great storyline. I really I really dug it a lot, but I do think that today people would question whether or not it was the right thing to involve my real-life situation here. And I get that it's wrestling and you know, we're going to see it done a lot, but I know that some people were probably like, eh, what are we doing? But at the same time, in fairness, the guy probably, you know, has a family to take care of. It's not like all of a sudden this new income opportunity has popped up while he's incapacitated physically. So if this is an opportunity to help take care of his family in a weird way, it's good of Dusty to look out for him. Yeah, Dusty with a... Uh with a DDT right there. It is good. And, you know, and I don't know the, the answer to this, Conrad, but I hope, I hope the Crockett family took care of Magnum. I, I would believe they did. Yeah. I really, really hope they did. It was a, it was a horrible thing that happened to all of us. Uh, and in many ways, it really kind of started the downfall of us. Uh, Tully, uh, very underrated. Look at Dusty. One arm, pick him up, shoving back to the corner. And look how Dusty, see that? Falling down on the other side? That's some good stuff right there, man. That's that's being able to sell. That's that's just a big, heavy set man knowing what he's doing. And, and again, if you say Dusty's not a good worker, then define to me what you consider a good worker to be. Right. I agree. You know, a lot of people said J.J. with the shoe, J.J. with just some subtle heat. Dark Journey came up to get the attention of Tommy Young. I had a good shot of uh, Dark Journey's uh, bloomers there as she was up on the top. But I, I kept my focus, Conrad. I didn't look up her dress. I kept my focus straight ahead on the match because I was selling one of the biggest matches ever. Me, Tony Schiavone, 1987. How about that? Mm-hmm. I was I was stoked to be here for this one. Not only that. It's the Greensboro fucking Coliseum, man. Thank you, dude. That's such a big deal that I think, you know, I mean, as silly as it sounds, this is almost like, you know, the Boston Garden or Madison Square Garden or the Forum. I mean, that's what it is for North Carolina, which is your home state for this promotion. 
Yeah, and not only that, and I can remember back, and we're talking about the late 70s, right? I can remember back going to the Greensboro Coliseum all those years, getting there early, and we drove down three and a half hours from my hometown. And I remember going to the Greensboro Coliseum, and we would, so excited to get into the Coliseum, we would sprint to try to be the first one there just to sit in our chairs and soak in the moment of what we thought was going to happen that night. And that was so exciting to me as a fan. And for me to be at ringside in this was a big fucking deal. Big deal. Let me ask you this. As far as, um, you know, your fandom back in the day, Greensboro was the number one Coliseum. What would two and three be? For me? Yeah. Yeah. The number two was Richmond Coliseum in Richmond, Virginia. And number three was the Roanoke Civic Center. But we got to take a break. And we're back after this. In my head, Baltimore yeah. would have made the list somewhere, and Atlanta and the Omni would have made it somewhere. Never did. As a fan, never to go to the Omni in Atlanta. It was too far away. Okay, well, let's talk uh, about when you were here. Uh, the Omni okay. was number two behind Greensboro? Yeah, and then Charlotte number three okay. when I started working the business. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, Charlotte was home, and it was easy to, to go to Charlotte. We had some great matches in Spartanburg and Greenville, South Carolina. You know, just, you know, the, the great play. Look at this. Both men trying a cross-body block at the same time. I thought, well done. And here, if you go back and you listen to this, this crowd is not sweetened with crowd noise. Right. This is a legit crowd that you're going to hear at Greensboro. And listen to how stoked they are and how excited they are about this match. Look at Dream. Sit down, man. I like this part of the match. He would sit down, try to take a breath, elbow, shake it off, sit down again, man. Good stuff. This is something you didn't see. This is Dusty doing something that you normally didn't see in any match, and he did it, and the fans loved it. I loved it. It's a great match. It's underrated. Yeah. And it's it's worked, like you said, in a much different style than what you know people have probably seen if if you're more if you're a younger fan and you've only seen stuff in the last 20 years or so you've probably not seen something quite like this yeah if you, again if you watch things uh the last 10 years or so you're used to seeing high spots go up top do a flip-flop fly and have the announcers call it every kind of silly shit in the world but now you're seeing just uh, two guys knowing how to work a match, you know, and we're we're seeing Dusty's praises here, Conrad. We ought to sing Tully's praises as well. Look at this backslide. Nicely done. Tully's going to kick out or at least come out of it. Tully was a hell of a worker, and it goes back. I've said it many times. It's because he was a hell of an athlete. He could go He could go the limit, man. He could push it. He and Magnum TA get credit for that I quit match that was spectacular. But this was another Tully Blanchard spectacular match. Can I just mention here briefly? I can't help myself. I just, I just realized this. All right. Magnum TA, Tully Blanchard, JJ Dillon, and Dusty's son, Cody, and Tony Schiavone. All going to be at StarCast. How about that? How about that? You know, if we can only get Tommy Young. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Tommy's on speaking terms with us anymore, do you? I've never tried to contact Tommy, but I'm going to be honest with you. Tommy doesn't, I would think Tommy doesn't even keep up with it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you've been told differently. No, no. I, listen, I'm just being a smart ass. Of course he doesn't. Tommy Young still carries a fucking flip phone. <laughs> no, no, I'm not kidding. Like I was at NWA Legends Fan Fest a few years ago. 
And when he went on stage, he said, will you help my phone? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And he handed me his flip phone. And it was a fucking Nokia phone I had as a sophomore in high school. That's when I was like, this guy here, he saved his money. He's got his shit together. Some of my friends threw off on you when you don't have the latest, greatest phone. But I'm the finance guy. And so I'm like, this motherfucker here, he's saving his money. He's smart. He's not like me. Hey, I got a data bill. He ain't got no data bill. Here's the finish. Uh, Tommy does a great job of saying, wait a minute. He's looking. He's got his hand on his mouth. JJ is a fucking thief. Look at that. And he's running out with Dark Journey. And he's going. I thought it looked good to have the policeman run behind him. As if to say, come back here, you fucking thief. Uh, and uh, Tommy said, we've got to restart the match because Tully's foot was on the rope. Leg was on the rope. Uh, and they did restart the match. And then Dusty, of course, going all the way outside of the Greensboro Coliseum, as you can see, gets counted out. You may think this is a Dusty, quote unquote, screw job finish, right? I, I don't think so. Tommy just counts it out, raised the hand of Tully. I thought it was a pretty damn good storyline here. So there, that's my thought on Help that. Help me understand why, in your opinion, did J.J. Dillon need to put the money in a fucking pillowcase to leave? Like, why not just take the, the, the Acme grocery bag and dip? Well, isn't that what thieves usually do? Oh, I didn't know that. I haven't, I haven't okay. stolen anything besides your heart. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Rich McKinney uh, convinced him to do that. I, I Maybe Rich would be here in the crowd somewhere, but he would be only two foot one. You couldn't see him. I thought you so were Magnus- saying maybe Rich McKinney was a thief and he could tell him some tips on how to steal. <laughs> could be. I mean, Rich, Rich could be a thief. He's stealing court. money from Court Bauer every night, every Friday night on BN Sports. <laughs> That's my Bruce Pritchard doing an Ernie Ladd about King Kong Bundy. That's fucking inception of podcast right there. You're stealing okay. money, Rich. Dusty comes back and Dusty, man, Dusty goes Ape fucking shit. berserk. And that cuts a great promo that gets the fans to pop. You know, bring me back my boop money and whatever. Uh, stole my money. And uh, I'm going to go in the back and, and going to be talking to Magnum Dusty. And guess what? I'm going to talk to Tommy Young, too which is my most ex- – I'm really excited about having this uh, on my show, uh, on the podcast here. And I, I would hope that since I play the part of Tony Schiavone, that you could play the part of okay. Tommy Young. Okay? I can do it. How about – I mean, he's fired up right here. Yes, Cuss, he is. Cussing into the microphone, slinging it. I mean, he's really selling it for the crowd. Head Even button, head- slapping, whatever it takes to that turnbuckle. <laughs> yes, sir, man. And the crowd gets – fired up and he and magnum will walk out here and he's got my money my motherfucking money welcome back magnum you see the sign and now we're going to go in the back now wait a minute let's go back to mullet cut here on on set now i did go backstage and i was as always told what to say and i had a chance to talk to tommy young but first before i had a chance to talk to tommy young i would talk to magnum ta man you know what conrad i still got that tie that yellow tie. Boy, that Tony Schiavone weight was fluctuating back in the day. <laughs> Boy, didn't it ever. It's fluctuating now, too. This is uh, this is not good to see Magnum TA try to crawl down the stairs. No, and man, in, you know, you can tell the that, that yeah. where the injury has happened and where he's not quite one, where he was. And uh, it feels a little exploitative. Yep, it does. 
And Dusty's uh, and in here cussing up a storm, man. Yeah. And Dusty tells me, you know, get the hell out of here. You know, in this dressing room, he pushed me years ago, Starcade 83, uh, or in 84, I guess, uh, in the uh What a heartfelt moment here where Magnum says, I'm sorry, I'll get the money. And Dusty says, don't worry about the money. And he says, you're in no shape to get the money. You know what I mean? And he hugs yep. him. And it feels like a real moment. Yep. Meanwhile, I had a chance to talk to five-time referee of the year, Tommy Young, who stood by with Mr. Jim Crockett, and we got that interview for you right now. All right, Tommy, uh, there's been a lot of talk, and fans want to know now the real story of you and the Barbarian in the back. Fuck this match. We don't give a shit about this match. I want to know how close you are with the Barbarian. If, in fact, did the Barbarian say what we've often heard him say? Put this in my this in your hand. As you can see, my hand is out here. Sling it over here. Sling it to the right. Come over here, Tommy Young, and jack me off. I know you're mad. Don't get pissed off at us. It's just a story that we've heard, Tommy, so we need to know the truth from you. Yes or no? Well, first of all, that David Flair shouldn't have been running his mouth, okay? All the things I know about his father, and I haven't spilled the beans on your podcast, I don't even know how to get a podcast. Is that available on Sprint PCS? I've got a fucking Nokia, okay? It makes long-distance calls. Does that work? Who would I even call? I wanted to call Jim Barnett and get the dirt about this hand job action. I thought maybe there was like an underground railroad of wrestlers giving hand jobs. Turns out they want me to give the hand jobs, yeah. and I complained to Jim Crockett, I'm not giving hand jobs. Well, you know, f- fuck Jim Barnett. He's dead, and we're all glad of that. We're going to go back and take a look at uh, the moments of this match where he hooked the near leg, not the far leg. That may have been a mistake here, Tommy, hooking the near leg. And then now you're going to look up, and Dustin's going to raise his hand, and you're going to say, oh, ooh, ooh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Tully Blanchard's got his – and so, so, again, fuck the match, Tommy. Did you whack him off or not? No, I didn't whack him off, okay? Now, I didn't see the foot on there because I was staring at Dusty's muffler. You may remember when Nikita got suplexed by Ric Flair, the, the twig and berries came out. I put the twig and berries back in, so every now again and again, I have to go on hog patrol. I was on hog patrol for Dusty, and the muffler fell out, Tony. Now he's got a doo-doo muffler right in the middle of the ring, and I'm not supposed to look at that. If you had a Dusty muffler in your face, you'd miss the leg, too. Well, I only got a Vienna sausage. Speaking of that, Jimmy, what do you think? I think that we need to find Dusty Rhodes. He's run off with my goddamn credit card again. And now I have it on good authority. MasterCard won't even return my calls. We think it sounded something like that. We're not sure. Well, so that's the big angle. What the fuck is wrong with us? <laughs> oh, wait, I can't asking. wait for this one. Oh, that is your money. I am here with a sickle cell, not anemia, but I am looking for a new wife. And I have an idea. I am going to get on whererussiansmeet.com and I am going to find me a Russian bride. Not a mail order, but one from Donald Trump. Do you understand? I am clearly a conservative. Now this belt, this, this is what I believe in. I am going to broker world peace. I am going to meet with Kim Jong-un. I am going to make it happen. If Donald Trump can, then so can I. I can be the worst half I am going to be the worst half Do you understand? Why am I not working for Vince McMahon? I believe that I was the first Goldberg, but I never achieved all that I could. And do you know why? Because my so-called friend ruined this company, run through all the money. Now we bankrupt. 
Yeah, and I'm the only one who will ride with you, motherfucker. So what the fuck? I mean, you've uh, got a lot of heat in the backstage area. And if you want, I'll make a phone call for you. I'll get you hooked up on a date. But by the way, there is datarussian.com. Well, I will check out datarussian.com. And I believe maybe I will be more attractive if I look less like Mr. Clean and I look more like Ron Garvin. Did you see Ron Garvin glorious flat top? I am going yeah. to get glorious flat top. And then maybe I get about this tall. See, he is this tall with flat top. I will be taller than this with flat top. And then I will take needle. I will put into ass. I will do cycle after cycle. And then it would look like I, I am the one and two champion of the world. I am Nikita. And I am the champion of Russia. I am the champion of Boaz. I am the champion of Jim Crockett Promotions. Oh, that's not going to be a thing much longer. I want to be the champion of WWF. I want to be a champion where people will pay tickets. And there he is, Scott Simpson of Golden, Minnesota, everybody. I mean, Nikita Koloff, and now let's go to the ring. Look at this Jimmy shit. Carver came out of a uh, came out as a uh, as a baby face here, and it wasn't a year ago we saw him as a heel chasing down Wahoo McDaniel. Damn, things happen quickly in pro wrestling, don't they? In my head, you had these pants, and you wore them around the house all the time. And this is how mm-hmm. your fourth and fifth kid were born. I, you know what? It could have been. I was good with the suspenders back then. I never had a hairy chest, uh, but I didn't like purple, so I could have had maybe like a chartreuse. Wait, 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 wait. You just said you didn't like purple, but you were telling me last week something about a purple-headed yogurt slinger or something. So I don't even... <laughs> I don't know, but you said something purple. What was what was that purple? If you don't like, I don't understand. Purple headed yogurt slinger. That's what you were. I don't even know what that means. You've been reading my Texas. <laughs> my Texas. Well, I don't know. I, I thought it was maybe something that you got from Blue Apron or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Back body drop. Gorgeous Jimmy Garvin and pup pup pup. Precious. Now listen, I've never been. I need, and you have, so you need to answer this for us. I've never been to like a Chippendale thing, but in my head, if I was a chick and Ron Garvin came out and he was my stripper, I might be a little disappointed. Mm, Yeah, it could be because he's kind of old. Hey, let's take a look at the replay once again. And of course, we got Precious head in it and a brain buster. Well, you know, Garvin had a pretty good brain buster maneuver. Dude, it looked legit as shit. Jim Cornette, you motherfucker, here you are with your two goons. Go ahead and talk. Go ahead and talk. Well, let me tell you one thing right now, all right? Y'all think you're doing podcasting over here? You're not, all right? First of all, if you're only doing podcasts, you got to get rid of that fucking Conrad Thompson. Some bitch thinks he's got 14 fucking podcasts, never took a bump in his life. And I'll tell you one goddamn thing. If he thinks Pritchard's going to keep burying me, he's going to at least get my fucking burger order right. You hear me? First of all, here's what you need if you're going to need a burger. You need a fucking burger towel. And you bunch of goddamn rip-off artists over here, I hear you're not going to do that. I hear you're going to sell a sandwich rag. What the fuck? is a sandwich rag why don't you sell a burger towel now you're over here ripping me off cutting off all my momentum i'm getting the fuck out of mlw you hear me they're getting a promotion again well good for fucking you tony shivani you go and stick it straight up court bowers ass because i'm fucking out of mlw and you tell that conrad thompson brian last is looking for him he's the og of podcast not conrad thompson and then another goddamn thing if you go to cornet's collectibles right now that's cornetcollectibles.com right now you 
can get 4,000 DVDs. You hear me? 4,000 DVDs for just $9.99. Now, they used to belong to my buddy Kenny Bolin, but he fucking returned them and then still managed to get a refund because he's a slippery motherfucker, just like Bruce Pritchard. And fuck you too, Tony Schiavone. Thank you. Fuck you. Bye. That's your best one, buddy. <laughs> That's your best one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that's a new shirt. Thank you. Fuck you. Bye. No, that's a real Jim Cornette shirt. We're not. We can't sell that one. Okay. Oh, it is. Okay. And I mean, here we started doing the horseman sound effects, or the dun, 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 dun. horseman. Uh, Tony Schiavone. I've looked all over the world for a suitor for my oldest daughter, Megan. Woo! She's only 13 years now. But let me tell you, once I get Ricky Morton off her, Conrad Thompson, that little six-year-old slapdick from Alabama, he's going to walk that aisle. He's going to style and profile. And hopefully he's got a house as big as a mile. Because that's what it takes to dog my daughter. You see, he's got to have the biggest house on the biggest hill on the big side of town. And he's going to make my daughter go, woo, all night long. Now, he's probably not going to be the first husband, but he's coming eventually, goddammit. And when he comes, he's going to do it until he gets it right. It could be 14 times, 15 times, or 16 times. You're a world champion. Tony Schiavone, I'm not done talking. I still got to tell you about how great I am. You see, if anybody knows about baby's arm holding apples, it's you, Tony Schiavone. You've seen Space Mountain in action. You know it's so big, it needs it. It's got its own knee. It's got a zip code. That's right. I said it had a knee. You heard me. It might be a shirt over at LoisRules.com. You know what Lois doesn't rule? Space Mountain. She wasn't woman enough. She woke up sore the next day. You'll figure it out, Tony Schiavone. You get that button on a fur coat. You get all the buttons on the fur coats. You take all the buttons in this crowd and you line them up and they'll never line up to what Space Mountain can be. Now, I'm trying to tell everybody right now that we're the big deal in professional wrestling. Fuck WrestleMania 3. We're coming to the War Games. Now, the War Games is a big deal. We'll see how big of a deal it is when I get that fucking diner's card. Have you seen the bills on the diner's card? I had to gas up the jet the other day because Dusty made us get two fucking jets. I'm getting a big seat. I'm getting a big jet. Not you, Dusty Rhodes. No, I'm getting a big seat. You see, one day, a long time from now, there's going to be a big convention in Chicago. Big lights. Big city. Pretty ladies. Stargast. I'm not going to fucking be there. Neither is Dusty Rhodes. But Dusty Rhodes' son is. And my son-in-law is. And that's going to have to be good enough for Starcast. But we're not talking about Starcast. We're talking about war games. And I've been talking so long, I don't even know what I'm talking about. But I know one thing, Tony Schiavone. This right here is the match beyond. One for all. Thank you, Nature Boy Ric Flair. He's still Remember, going. He's still going. For, oh, he is? Okay. I, I thought it was me. <laughs> still <laughs> it's a 17-minute. We've got 42 minutes, and I need 38 of them to tell you how awesome I am, how much this suit costs, how much this shirt costs, where I got this tie. I'm so badass, I'm not even wearing a belt. Sans a belt. You don't even know what that means, do you? <laughs> it means I don't need a belt. Now, I really have a belt. It's my own penis. It's Space Mountain. It's wrapped around me twice like Huck Finn. Woo! 
Let's go to the ring. Hopefully, he will not uh, get a loan from First Family Mortgage because he won't pay it back. Oh, my. <laughs> Think I got to bleep that one? <laughs> no, no, fuck it. Leave it in. Who cares? <laughs> okay. It's a joke. It's a real. It's a joke, Rick. By we're, the way, we're laughing with you. We love you. He's You're got part the, of our family. He's got the fucking legit mine. He's got the same fucking phone as uh, Tommy Young. I mean, not really, but he uses it about the same. Yeah, well, you know, he did answer one of my Texas, uh, which is I love that you're, you're such a little old lady, and you say Texas. That's so endearing. What, what? Tex? Tex? I don't Tex. know what I should say. Hey, but look at Arn Anderson. Give it his all here, buddy. Arn Anderson was his, and then they bring in Luger. Yeah, you talk, you like, about, talk about a drop-off. Yeah. By the kidding. way, I feel like I should mention Lex Luger, Tully Blanchard, J.J. Dillon, Tony Schiavone, Teddy Long, StarCast. <laughs> Absolutely. But no dark journey. Hmm. Well, you know, she would have been there if JR was there, but Wow. Do you ever did you ever try to get in touch with Dark Journey? Do you know how to get in touch with her? Hmm. Hmm. Sounds press. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, I can't do it. I can't because it was everything I had that I took one to go. Huh. <laughs> so I did it for you. You know, Hell Dark, yeah, Dark Journey, I'm a single man now. I don't know if you heard the news, but uh, we're talking about my podcast, of course, that's the news I'm talking about. I'm over at Westwood One now. You see, it's the the Jim Ross Report podcast, and old Tim Sabian doesn't hook me up. I'm a big star, yeah, and right. uh, under this cowboy hat is uh, well, it's a big old Oklahoma schlong. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about some of that jerky, that Chipotle yeah. jerky, and I got it. And that shit has no shelf life. You hear me? No expiration date. Dark journey. I may be 30 years older than the last time we hung out, but I'm just seasoned. You hear me, Dark Journey? Seasoned. Mm. So that's a fry ass. If you want me yes, in there, I ask. Just hit me up at jrsbarbecue.com. Thanks, Jay. We would like to thank Jim Ross for making a surprise announce a guest appearance here on What Happened When. <laughs> you know what's great? On Eric Bischoff's podcast this past week, Hulk Hogan did yeah. a fucking run in. Right. He was our third man. Yeah. We have fake JR impressions here. That's right. I mean, the, the shows are so different. By the way, yeah, uh, shout out to Arn Anderson with the greatest spine buster of all time. Here we go. Look at that. Nobody did it better. And nobody got me comp tickets to uh, the house show in Huntsville this past weekend. Well, fuck him then. Hey, so now here is uh, JJ. Uh, Dark Journey, and this is a great Tully Blanchard interview that I, I know I'm going to fuck up, but I want to tell you, Tully, uh, you uh, fucked over Dusty. You shouldn't be the television champion. No, who's got the belt, Tony Chani? Who's got the belt? Okay, who won the match? Who's got the belt? Who's got Dark Journey? Not JR, but me. I want to know who's got it. Who's got it? And here's the deal. Look at my foot. The fact is that Magnum TA may have been at ringside, and Magnum TA may be raising my kids 30 years from now, oh but I'm still the world television champion. Absolutely, I'm the world television champion. Would you hold that belt, girl? Thank you very much. I'm the world television champion. Praise God. Praise God. Wait a minute. How many years of now am I going to praise God? Oh, anyway, I'm the champion. You see J.J. standing beside me. He's not worth a fuck for anything just standing here. The only thing he's good for is being a goddamn assistant booker. And now here it is. I am the world television champion. Tony Schiavone, 
I'm going to uh, inject myself in the JJ, and I'm going to say something that many people don't know that I can say. I point with my right finger. I also hold my thumb open, and I make a line with my hand. And I'm going to completely fuck up what would be a pretty good interview. So I'm going to stop talking now, and I'm going to let this old fuck to my right with a minute bucket full of nuts have the rest of the say. And they're jumping up and down the aisles because what? Because I'm not worth a shit. And Tony Schiavone, don't you ever accuse me of stealing shit. Don't you ever say that people fall asleep. Listen to my podcast, you no good, fat, long nose, fucking Italian motherfucker. Are you awake now? All right, if you're awake, let me say this. Uh-oh, here he comes, the Nature Boy Ric Flair. Before Arn Anderson said something, Flair's got the sign that the horsemen rule. We're going to let Arn Anderson end this up. Let me say this. Hopefully you're not asleep by now because, yes, I am probably the most boring motherfucker on the podcast. Here's Arn Anderson. Take it away there, Conrad. I'll tell you one thing, if that Conrad Thompson needs another fucking comp ticket from me in Huntsville, Alabama, he's going to have hell to pay. You're going to pay for those tickets just like everybody else. I don't give a shit that you're on the WWE Network. Everybody knows you're only there because of Pritchard. World Championship Wrestling featuring the stars of the National Wrestling Alliance and... Some funny shit that happened 30 years ago. So how about um, one of the producers there was old Phil Dickey. Phil Dickey. Damn, Phil. Phil's a good guy. You got good memories about Phil Dickey? Yeah, not not really. You know what my memories of Turner Broadcasting were? There's a couple of guys like Bill Reynolds who work with us, Ricky Lassiter, Tim Smith. Uh, but most of the guys there, uh, most of the people that worked in Turner Broadcasting were fucking worthless fucks. And that's, oh. and that's the reason I, I never really wanted to, uh, to work for TBS. I remember making the decision when it was a chance to go to events. Yeah, I'll go to events because I don't want to work for these people. I didn't think they knew what they were doing. And guess what? <laughs> I was right. Well, let's go to uh, Facebook and let you answer some questions from the fans. Uh, this was sort of right. a short episode that we covered today. We're still uh, south of an hour, so let's keep rolling. Are you ready to answer some fan questions? Sure. I'm. I. I. I yes. Uh, Savas wants to know what happened to jobbers like Randy Barber and Michael Jackson, and did they ever win a match? Well, uh, I think my Michael Jackson was the Alabama Junior Heavyweight Champion, right? And I think he's still. Uh, is uh, I think he still goes out. He was at the NWA Fan Fest a couple of years ago. And Mike Jackson. Was. He recently just beat CM Punk in three rounds. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. Okay, Randy Barber. I don't know a lot of those guys. I guess the most famous ones were the Mulkies. Isn't that something? One match, and and the Mulkies became the most famous jobbers of all time. But but jobbers had other jobs and they would do other things. So I can't keep up with everybody. Here's um. A dialogue between some of the folks who were maybe a little too young to enjoy this. Jason says, all this was before me, so I guess I'll tune in the week after this. Hmm. And then he replied, I tried listening to this week's. Wasn't for me. Just felt bored, which sucks because I love the show. And Chris says, I felt the same way. Love the show, but this wasn't for me. Lots of folks not digging all the Jim Crockett stuff this month. You got a response? 
Yeah, I mean, for to each his own. I, I understand that. I mean, you weren't growing up back then. Sure. Uh, you were a kid. And so I, I, I appreciate you uh, your feedback. And, you know, go stick your head up your own ass. <laughs> I was waiting on that because here's the deal. We've covered so much fucking WCW on this show and so right. little Jim Crockett promotions that I don't know how you can say that, you know, we haven't been more than fair to WCW fans. We'll get back there. Travis yeah. wants to know whatever her. Whatever happened to our dark journey, huh? Hmm. Uh, you know, I tried to. I did a search, a Google search on her, and uh, nothing really pertinent came up uh, that I can remember. I, I bet you do a lot of Google searches where something does come up. <laughs> well, hang on. We're going to help. We're going to. We're going to hang on here now. Just, just hang on. I'm going to do a dark journey, Google, while you go to the next question. You know what we should do? Let's go to Google and let's type in some things. This will be fun for just a minute since we got them. Okay. Yeah. All right. Do you want to type in some of our phrases on the show or do you want me to? Uh, I'm going to suggest that you type in Tommy Young and just okay. don't hit enter. Just look at the suggestions. Okay. Tommy Young. And then look at the suggestions. Tommy Young. First thing that pops up is Tommy Young barbarian. Can you believe that? <laughs> And then it's Tommy Young, uh, Tommy Young Blood, Tommy Young Shirt, Tommy Young Avengers, and then Tommy Young Barbarian Story. Type in Tony Schiavone. Oh, my God. Do I really have to? Yeah. Tony Schiavone. Uh, Patreon, <laughs> podcasts, wife. <laughs> and down the list, shirts and wedding. <laughs> Jesus Christ. How great is that? Oh, God. Uh, let's see. After retiring from professional wrestling, uh, Dark Journey returned to Los Angeles. She worked in a number of jobs before becoming the manager of a clothing store. In the late 90s, she opened her own chain of stores in L.A. County. In the early 2000s, she began working in neuropathy, gaining a certific uh, certification as a massage therapist and colon hydrotherapist. Colon now, are hydrotherapist you, so hang on are you okay. saying like are you like saying the piece of punctuation or are you insinuating that no. she will because i mean I, I, maybe we should get give everybody a peek behind the curtain you were recently violated um uh, colon hydrotherapist encompasses a number of alternative medical therapies claimed to remove non-specific toxins from the colon and intestinal tract by removing any accumulation of feces. Mm. Colon cleansing may be branded colon hydrotherapy or a colonic or colon irrigation. Are you going to tell everybody about what recently happened to your butthole? Oh, I did have a colonoscopy. And uh, what was her name? <laughs> For the purposes of my story, that was your very special dark journey right there, was it not? Her real name is Linda Newton, and she's 61 years of age. She still lives in L.A., and I could have gone out, taken a flight to L.A., and had her do my colonoscopy for me if I wanted to. Then it would have been a real dark journey. <laughs> hey, so uh, type in lowest rules okay. in your Google machine. Is everyone doing this with me at home, lowest rules? Lowest rules. Okay, uh, official merchandise page of what happened when? No, wait, you didn't click go, did you? No, huh? 
Okay. Well, on my okay, lowest there rules. There we go. LoisRules.com. No, Lois no, no. Rules okay. WrestleMania. There you go. Lois Rules Twitter. How great is that? Lois Rules Twitter and Lois Rules WrestleMania. That's awesome. And Lois Rules of Reporting. Wow. Now hit, hit us with uh, Klondike Bill. Oh, my God. Klondike Bill. D-I-K-E-B-I-L-L. Okay. Klondike Bill shirt. Klondike Bill steak. Klondike Bill Tony Schiavone. <laughs> Klondike Bill UK. Klondike Bill British wrestler. How great is that? Wow. You made it in there. Yeah, man. How about that? Impact that you have had on the world of podcasting, you old pod father you. So, How about if you look up um, <laughs> hot tag? Hot tag? Yep. <laughs> H-O-T-T-A-G. Hot tag uh, media, hot tag Instagram, hot tag podcast, hot tag express, hot tag WordPress. But they got podcasts, so we know where that comes from. And Express. Come on. Hmm. Now, are you ready for this? Okay. I saved one of the best ones for last. All right. <laughs> I want you to type in <laughs> ham cubes. <laughs> ham cubes recipes, ham cubes calories, ham cubes Steiner, ham cubes WHW, ham cubes Shoney's. <laughs> you believe that shit <laughs> it's it's all because of you guys out there thanks so much for doing it any more <laughs> hey, <I'm kids. laughs> oh oh you know that uh i'm gonna be and uh for and for you fans out in uh waynesboro virginia later on in the year this is way after starcast uh and i'm going to be in waynesboro virginia at the waynesboro high school uh and Scott Steiner's going to be in attendance that day. Oh, good luck. So, good we luck. mean good luck. Let's get. You, some, you, you, do you have any suggestions for me out of handling? Here's my suggestion. Let's get a bunch of episodes in the can for Patreon before you go. Just in case. What are you, what are you trying to say? I'm saying, well, all right, one last thing I want you to do before you pass away. Right, go to Google.com <laughs> and type in low-key big. Don't type hog. Just low-key big. Let's see what the suggestions are. Before I pass away, okay. Low key big. Low key big hog. Low key big hog onesies. Onesie. Low key big hog shirt. Low key big hog WHW. And low key big cartel, which is probably what we're, Conrad Thompson is, is formulating. <laughs> we're working up we're working up towards it. All right. So let's get back to some questions here. DJ okay. wants to know. Why did Tony shave off the flavor saver porn stash and who rocked it better? Him or Magnum TA? Magnum TA did, and I shaved it off because Vince McMahon told me to shave it off. I, I think I've told that story before that when I went to work with the WWF in 89, Vince said, Gene Okerlund's got a mustache. We only want one announcer with a mustache. And that's what he said that time, so I shaved it off immediately. Travis wants to know, were there ever big expectations for Kendall Wyndham? I don't think so. Uh, Travis nope. also asked, did you prefer doing the commentary from ringside like here or from a distance like he did on Nitro? Oh, I, I preferred ringside. Made me feel like you were into the action right there. Uh, Travis wants to know that big mark under Durst, Dusty's right peck. I have heard is a birthmark. Is that true? It looks yes. round and seems to pop out. 
<laughs> it was his birthmark. That's all it was. And it was one of his trademarks, too, wasn't it? Dusty wants to know, in Greensboro, did Klondike Bill ever share his parking lot paintings with the slap dicks in front row section D? No, he never did. He never shared his parking lot paintings with anybody. He would show them to you, but he would put them in his mouth and nobody else's. Lawrence wants to know, do you think Tommy Young, as great as he was, was involved in too many angles? Uh, no, I don't. But he was the best man to be involved in an angle because he was so good at what he did. Uh, Gabe wants to know, what tent revival did Tony preach at before or after this event? It was the uh, Esteline Valley Church of the Nazarene in Fordwick, Virginia, tent revival every July 22nd through the 25th. Uh, MJ says, what a great, great time to be a fan. How could a wrestling company as popular as Jim Crockett Promotions go from this to being sold to Ted Turner in just two years? It was so bad for all of us in North Carolina that I recall the newspaper article in the Salisbury Post detailing the sale and how the governor at the time was trying to stop it. Was that true? Yeah. Listen, uh, the Crockett family, they were a very big deal in North Carolina. And when Jimmy Crockett moved away from North Carolina to Dallas, Texas, it was a big blow to the Charlotte, North Carolina, because of what the Crockett family meant and the credit that they had at at, uh, NCNB and which now, of course, now years, light years later is Bank of America. And it, it really hurt things. And how could we go from this to being uh, being sold to Turner Broadcasting, a couple of things. Moving to Dallas, buying the UWF, and as you mentioned jokingly in all these interviews, the Diners Club, spending all this money on two planes. I mean, it was it was crazy, the money that we were spending back then. Well, you, you were uh, booking stadiums that really didn't need stadiums, and you were booking country music acts that you really didn't need, that the wrestling fans weren't necessarily paying to come see, and you know the travel yeah. was out of hand. I mean, there was there's a lot of stuff that could have been done differently, and of course, Dusty would argue, and he's right in saying this, that wasn't his fucking job. You know, his fucking job was to come up with the ideas, the money right. and the budget and all that, that was for somebody else. And nobody ever poked their head in and said, Hey, you shouldn't be spending like this. Or, Hey, here's the budget for this. And even if they did have those conversations, if Dusty just pushed back and said, well, that's what it takes for us to get a house. And that's what I want to do. And that's what I believe in. They didn't pivot. Yeah. So they just no. spent and they just went into the red and maybe it's because no one could tell Dusty. No. Do you think that's the, the answer? I think that is the answer. Uh, I think Dusty was behind moving to Dallas or really pushed to, to have the company move to Dallas. Dusty always had, when he talked about this, and he also said that Eric had this too, Bischoff. A vision. Dusty always had this vision. Yeah. Vision. And Dusty had a big vision, but the vision that he had with stadium shows and doing having two airplanes was probably a great idea but this company, Jim Crockett Promotions, a mom and pop company, wasn't ready for it. Yeah. So he tried to put on, you know, as my dad used to say, he tried to put on his big boy drawers before he really needed to. And as yeah. a result, everything sort of went sideways. And that's unfortunate. Sure but in the end, somebody needed to tell him no. And, and the narrative for a long time, and I'm glad we're talking about this, is that realistically, it was that Jim Crockett was enamored with Dusty. And just wanted to be like Dusty and with Dusty and spend time with him and, you know, just believe that the sun sort of rose and set with Dusty. And he would 
occasionally have to um, sort of settle the troops with Flair and everybody else, but he was hanging his hat on Dusty, who he had, in fairness, enjoyed his greatest success with. And I think that's what a lot of businesses do. I've been guilty of this at times. You you find something that works, you hang on to it maybe a little too long. It, it was probably time for you to pivot before, but if you've been very, very successful with one idea, you don't really want to just deviate because you think about, well, shit, this is where we had our biggest success. You keep at it. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that, that is. Uh, they had, they did uh, tremendous business with us. He's the booker. I remember when things were going south and it was pretty apparent that things were going badly and the guys were, you know, and, and Flair was being one of them. And obviously Tully was very vocal against it about the way the booking was going and how Dusty kept putting himself over. Somebody somewhere in the backstage area said something about Dusty. And I remember Jimmy Crockett came to Dusty's defense and said, and I remember using these words, say no. But whatever he said, he said, Dusty is a genius. I remember him saying that, that Dusty is a genius. And I remember thinking back then that, uh you know, you'd probably don't want to say that around the boys. Uh, and even if uh, it's true, you know, saying it in front of the boys when they're fired up about it just sort right. of drives it an even bigger wedge. Right. It's sort of like if, you know, you tell a kid, no, right. You know, I mean, it's, that's, you know, that's not popular, but that's the reality. And, and if these guys already sort of already had it made up in their own mind that, you know, Dusty was the cause of all their problems. If somebody comes out and backs Dusty, you're not going to have a, a, a tickled crew. Everybody's going to be upset. Right, right. Well, listen, I had fun covering this. It's an interesting time for us to look back at some of the things that uh, we haven't been able to cover so far. Uh, I know that there are some folks who are saying, oh, there's too much Jim Crockett promotions. And man, I get it. Uh, we're not going to do this forever, but. We are going to allow someone next week to pick what we're covering as a bonus episode. And the only way to get that bonus episode is, of course, to join us on Patreon. And that's patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. I have no idea what we might cover. I'll tell you, if I had to pick one, what I would really like to make you watch is ECW's One Night Stand from 2005. It's my favorite wrestling show ever and uh, my favorite live show that I attended as well. I made the pilgrimage uh, to New York from down here in Slapdick, Alabama, mm. and I was pretty fired up about that. I hope that someone, whoever picks July, will consider the Invasion pay-per-view from 2001, and I think it would be awesome if in August one of our bonus shows was SummerSlam 89, which you covered. But those are all hypotheticals to be determined for our Patreon subscribers and supporters. What we're covering next week, one more Jim Crockett episode. It's going to be from June 25th, and we're going to bring it to you uh, that Wednesday. So be sure to tune in and check us out on June 27th, or if you're on Patreon, you're going to get it on the exact 30-year anniversary. June 25th, 1988 is what we'll be covering next week. Tony Schiavone, when I look at my uh, clock, I can't help but think it's about that time. Six-man tag team main event coming up here in WHW Monday on this Wednesday or on Monday if you're on Patreon. And it's Jim Ross and Dark Jr. teaming up with Conrad Thompson. And on the other end is Tommy Young, the Barbarian, and they're teaming up with the nature boy, Ric Flair. And Tommy Young is coming to the ring now with the Barbarian on one side and Ric Flair on the other, and he's got something in each hand. And I'm not so sure what it is, but he's going back and forth with all of them. Everybody has kind of stopped now. The Barbarian is smiling. Ric Flair 
Bauer is starting to do a dance around, but Tommy Young, Tommy Young, I think it's got a hook in on both of their joints. My God, Johnson in one, Johnson in the other. They're not going to get the ring, and we're out of time. My God. We'll see you next week on WHW Monday on Patreon. And what happened when Wednesday on the MLW Radio Network? Oh, this is old commentary ninja. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Slapdick Theater coming to Patreon in July. And here's your host. Yes, me, Kellner's Adumas. Kellner's Adumas is my name. And I'll be your host of Slapdick Theater. Beginning on Patreon, when we expose what a slapdick this Shivani character is. So again, join me, Kilner's Adumas. Uh, okay, we get it, Big Mouth. And by Dumb Lady Trying to Get Her Countdowns Right. Sounds sexy, doesn't it? Woo, okay. woo. <laughs> Can you do it in the, with a Scottish brook? Ah, uh, no. Okay. <laughs> you want me to speak Gaelic? Yes. Well, hold on, let me look that one up. <laughs> How about that? What language was that? Chinese. For your Chinese Ninja Turtle thing, guy. Mm, that is not funny. And now we leave you with wise saying of weak. Confucius say marriage is like taking a bath. After you've been in it for a while, it's not so hot. Shivani knows this. It's not so hot. <laughs> what y'all got to eat in there? Mm-hmm. Tony Giovanni done edit all here. Mm-hmm.